your hour of drive time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now entered your hour of Thrive Time. I want to thank all of you that are visiting the program for the very first time today. You have arrived here at the right time for the right reasons, and you're going to walk away with the right information to get your life right, (laughs) to get your business right. That's what this show is about. The success of this program is all about bringing Thrive-minded content to the airwaves and beyond so that you can experience the kind of breakthrough that you're looking to experience and no better time to have these discussions than right here we are at the beginning of a brand new year, second Sunday in January of 2023, and we are already on track to make impact this year. And today's show is going to add to that. You know, last week we had a program called Women Empowering Women. And if you have not had a chance to hear that program, make sure that you go to my talk show site, the jmamietalkshow.com and listen to that program. Find me on your favorite podcast platform, you will know exactly what it is that we're trying to do here as an initiative for women helping empower other women. And today we're going to continue that with some of our guests, but our guests today are going to be very eclectic and each of them brings a different a flavor of knowledge and wisdom and life experience is going to help you in your journey as you're developing the next best version of you. Joining me on the show today is going to be the founder and CEO of Gasp Apparel, also the CEO and president of Better Bodies, one man doing amazing things for those in the bodybuilding community. Michael Johansson, who's a legend in the industry, is going to join us to share his story. And then we have Jolene Risch. She is the president and founder of Rich Results. She is a HR superstar helping you attract the right talent. Beginning of the year, attracting new talent is important. She's part of a woman. Uh, she's part of the women-owned business uh, movement here, and she's going to share her wisdom on how to have how to have the right type of talent hired if you are looking to break through in your business this year. And then we're going to hear from President and CEO of the Women's Business Council Southwest Bliss. Culture is going to be here today, and she's going to share with us the initiatives of this amazing organization and what they're doing to help empower business uh, businesses that are owned by women. And she's going to share an upcoming event that's happening here in Dallas as well. So, folks, we've got a loaded up show, getting ready to get this thing started. We'll be right back after the break. Hey, everyone, this is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I just want you to know that my book, my 10th book, is finally available, Thrivology action-stoking and thought-provoking quotes and phrases is now available for your purchasing pleasure. This book has already making tidal waves among those who appreciate content that is driven to give you a thrive-minded mentality and also reminders throughout the course of the week of the things you need to do to thrive. Guys, you can pick up my book, Thrivology, at thejmaney.com. Are you looking to build a dynamic workplace culture that keeps your employees not only retained, but also engaged and empowered to help your business thrive? Discover the secret that many companies in the community have already unlocked, Collin Corporate College, with hundreds of the highest quality, affordable educational programs available and customized to your desired business outcomes. Your success is Collin Corporate College's business. Call them at 972-599-3110. That's 972-599-3110. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. In studio today, I said in the beginning of this program that I'm excited about guests I like highlighting people that are interesting, they've got interesting stories, stories of those who are willing to step out in faith, who to take a risk when they really believe in something. They don't hold back, and when most others will, would cower in the corner, they, are, they, they just take that opportunity by the neck and they just go for it. And Michael Johansson is with me today. He's here in the studio. Michael is a well-known figure in the world of bodybuilding, in the world of fitness apparel. Uh, he just came back from the Mr. Olympia, which just happened a few weeks ago in Vegas, right? Yes. We're going to probably talk a little bit about that. So you don't go very far in the bodybuilding world and not hear of Michael Johansson, who is the CEO and president of Better Bodies. And again, Gasp Apparel. I had a chance to meet him. 
a few months ago at his fitness place here, Destination Dallas and Allen. Uh, awesome place for those that are interested in really uh, building their bodies to the next level. And I, and I appreciate that because that's the kind of stuff that I grew up in. So it was nice to see a gym like that. So with his story being so unique and what he's done in the industry and how he's such a, a legend in this industry, I wanted to bring him on the show. Folks, I want you to welcome Michael Johansson. He is the CEO of Better Bodies, the CEO and founder of Gasp Apparel. Coming, well, he came all the way from Sweden to yeah. build his his life, his dream life here in the U.S., and he settled here in Texas. Michael, welcome to the Jay Mimi Talk Show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great pleasure being here, brother. I appreciate you and what you do for the industry. You know, I grew up as a uh, I'm a competitive bodybuilder, and uh, that's been my world for a long time. Yes, and I appreciate what you do for those in this industry, and and we're going to dive into all that. But before we do, I'd like to hear your unique story. So that our listeners can get up to speed with uh, with how wonderful it really is. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, at the same time, you know, uh, I started more than uh, 35 years ago in in Sweden doing my own bodybuilding career. But uh, you know, growing up uh, where I grew up uh, and in the type of gyms that I, I like, uh, you know, I quickly saw that uh, I couldn't be. Uh, Mr. Olympia, by the t- time I was like uh, 27, I, I kind of, you know, made a, you know, deliberate effort to uh, to focus uh, more on on other things in this industry that, uh, you know, helped me to win Mr. Olympia, but in maybe in business instead or mm. in life or, you know, in the, in the big picture and uh, still uh, live uh, just like the way I was when I was uh, pursuing bodybuilding the most, and was uh, you know when that was hundred percent hundred percent my passion and purpose. Mm. So uh, I just took the same philosophy and applied it to all aspects of of, of my life, and uh, and I made sure that uh, the community uh, of bodybuilding and fitness was also uh, a big part of my life. You you said something on when we were just getting a chance to to know each other um, recently that that really it, it highlighted and I think it summarized why there are those who pursue this incredible development of their bodies right because people oftentimes will question uh, the majority of, of the publics who don't understand the mindset they question they say why would somebody want to get that big yeah you know but you said something unique you said that bodybuilders we develop our bodies this way to the extreme sometimes that we do because we want to be different yeah we we live on being different can you explain that a little bit because you're in that mindset and i really want our listeners to understand this whole world yeah yeah it really doesn't matter if it's uh, whatever it is but uh, i think uh, some of us has that quest to to not follow the norm and kind of break the pattern and and uh, you know like uh, I didn't really do school at all mm-hmm. because I was not that good on conforming mm. and um, uh, bodybuilding and fitness became a little bit my area of uh, freedom and empowerment of my own uh, dreams and visions mm-hmm. and uh, not being put in, in place by society norms or rules and things that uh, uh, people have on you. And especially growing up in Sweden, when, where you kind of are in a country of, uh, we, we have a, our word for that called lagom, which means in between. Mm. So everything is in between. There is not too much, not too little. It's just everything is just uh, average, you know. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you are, uh, excelling in something, you know, the society and the norms and everything wants to kind of pull you back a little bit. It's a little bit the opposite of uh, of the culture in U.S. that I'm, at least I'm raised with, mm-hmm. uh, where there is more individuality and, and, and it's okay to uh, to be successful or it's okay to pursue your dreams. And, and, uh, uh, and that's kind of something that followed me my whole life, you know, making sure that I preach my, uh, my philosophy and my core values of empowerment. Mm -hmm. And when I'm doing that, I'm reading my own book, which helps me to stay on my own course of empowerment of myself and not letting me be taken down by uh, the surrounding or circumstances, or let's say that, uh, you know, things are not going good and you, you, 
start waver because you don't read your own book enough. Mm. So that's what I... You know, that, that's a, there's a whole lot of wisdom in what you just said, and I appreciate that. It's a way to be, uh, to, bring, to break conformity, to be non-conforming. And bodybuilding is certainly an expression of that. Yeah. It's an expression of that. Um, how did you then arrive, uh, having this experience in Sweden, you looked at the U.S., you said, I think I want to go there. Yeah. And I want to go build an apparel company. And I want to do, I want to build a, a, a Better Bodies brand that's known by everyone in the industry. How did you arrive at that decision? Where did you get the guts to come to the country, not knowing anyone really out here? And then how did you arrive in Texas? Uh, yeah, I think um, uh, first uh, when, uh, when we started out, we were importing Better Bodies and it was an American brand at the time. And uh, uh, back in the 90s, we kind of took over that uh, ourselves and uh, were spearheading that in the Nordics and back in Europe. Um, but then after a while, you know, you're doing this uh, and you feel like uh, first uh, you want to rule your village where you come from. And mm. then, then you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm going to move to the big city. And, and uh, then you, you feel like, okay, uh, the whole country. And then... Uh, the whole Nordics mm -hmm. and then it was time for uh, the next chapter which was you know the, the dream for anyone involved in bodybuilding is to move to uh, you know California or you know US right, and right. that's the window for bodybuilding and fitness to the world so so that's how that came about and and I think it's important to not get stuck, mm -hmm. not in the village, not in the big uh, city, not in the main capital or the country. Uh, it, it's important to to take every chapter of your life and, and move on a little bit. So that's uh, how the whole move came about, you know, selling everything we had and just move. And And it was not so much about, oh, you moved because you want to have a better situation, you know, uh, financially, usually people think. Right. And uh, I said, no, it was just to, to create a new chapter in our life because you don't get a rerun. That's right. Uh, you don't, and you have to take every chapter seriously. Well said. You don't get a rerun. Very, very well said. Now, you picked up your whole family. You had a family back then, and yes. then you moved here to Texas. You're cruising right along, and then about five years into it or five years ago, you hit a stumbling block. Yes. What was that stumbling block? Yeah, it was uh, very tough because when uh, when I moved over here, uh, things were going really good and we were uh, at the peak of our uh, development uh, as a company. And... Uh, uh, and and I thought, okay, I need to build a even you know even bigger company and structure. And and uh, coming over here, I was doing I was very successful with my team doing business to business. Um, uh, and when I came over, the magazines were still a, a large part of everything. The uh, distribution was a big part. So uh, and we were really good on the business to business side, but. Uh, uh, at the same time, when I was doing this, uh, um, I got uh, the success were you know badly timed because it came in a uh, in a late uh, shift of the social media taking over. Mm. So the the whole uh, thing about uh, uh, what's happening were happening somewhere else, and suddenly you find yourself in a dead end and. Uh, and I felt after five years being here from um, coming on, coming in on, on a very high altitude and feeling like uh, invincible, I just found myself on the ground mm -hmm. and uh, realizing that nobody will miss me if I disappear, you know. Right. Uh, there was no relevance anymore, if I'm exaggerating a little bit, the, no, the issue. Yeah. And, and there was a lot of sleepless nights to kind of figure out and turn the big ship around and make the ship more community and movement based again, mm -hmm. just like it was in the beginning when we started. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was a good big learning lesson to, to know that for us, corporate philosophy, it was detrimental to uh, our own philosophy of empowerment, relentless, no compromises and no excuses and uh, work hard, play hard. All these things are important for us. And when you build corporate structure, uh, those things go away for corporate uh, values 
that doesn't jive with these. Mm-hmm. You, you've mentioned a few times taking care of your community, community mm-hmm. values. What are you referring to when you speak about taking care of your community? I know what you're referring to, um, but so that our listeners understand that and really hear your heart because you're on this program. I take everyone who comes on this program seriously because I believe they have something to give uh, not only in terms of knowledge, wisdom, tangible products, uh, or, or at least just uh, you know just a role model of their life. Taking care of your community, what do you mean by that and how do you do it? Well, I think it uh, goes back uh, in the fundamentals of everything that the, the more you give the more you receive mm-hmm. and uh, so I feel like uh, uh, 2017 when I had to kind of restart everything from uh, um, not from scratch but uh, the feeling was like from scratch right. it was that uh, uh, the relevance comes from social belonging mm. the relevance comes from being um create social belonging, creating camaraderie, and give of yourself. If you have unconditional giving, uh, then things will go good. And uh, if you have corporate uh, thoughts, then uh, it's uh, it's often very much more one-sided, mm-hmm. uh, me, myself, and I. And, and I don't believe in that. And I felt it as we were you know, trying to build a corporation. And and I feel, felt like a movement is uh, and family is what I'm all about. And and uh, and now I you know well into this I, I feel like uh, those values just get stronger and stronger. And I get more and more um, not convinced, but I'm uh, I feel like there is nothing holding me back now when it comes to these things. You know. You know, I think there's a lot of wisdom in what you just said that so many CEOs and presidents and business owners oftentimes overlook that, yeah, it's important to make profit. It's important to have brand expansion. And everybody Mm. wants that if you're in business, right? But not at the expense of dissolving or eradicating or destroying your community. Yeah. And and I think it's easy when you grow up in the 80s or the 90s or, you know. 2000 every every century you know uh, decade it's kind of like everything is based of its uh, you know what you know and what you've gone through and uh, I, I just felt like you know I like to see it stuff in a bigger picture and in a bigger picture um, uh, social belonging will always prevail mm-hmm. uh, these things that we are um, you know, preaching and living, uh, they will always be uh, uh, long-lasting, and, and 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 that's what I like. The community, by the way, appreciates what you do, and in, in your sense, the bodybuilding community, right? Yeah. Even the members of your gym, Destination Dallas, I, when I went to visit there, that's the first thing I, I felt, MJ. I really yeah. believe that. I went to your breakfast and barbells, yeah, yeah. right? And I, first of all, that's a fantastic idea. And I, I went there and I immediately saw everybody fellowshipping and having a great time working out and having breakfast. And then a few weeks later, I came to the uh, the meetup yeah. event that you have. And you were out there cooking steaks and people were having coffee. And it was yeah. just great. It was family. It was community. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've, you've done a great job. That's why I think people continue to come back and... You could just see that everyone looks at each other not as a gym member, but yeah. as part of a family. Yeah, no, and uh, and that's that's the whole purpose. And uh, the more you give as a family, the you know the stronger the family becomes. And and uh, I often uh, reference, uh, especially in the inner team, when we're talking about culture, mm-hmm. that. Uh, uh, if you are good on this, you have a thick culture that can take care of some gravels that comes in. And, and you should always have the ability and the, um, the capacity to take care of the, um, of the of things that is going against the grain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because if you have a thick culture, you can take care of a lot of issues and you can help each other to be uh, going in the same direction. And you can be diverse but like-minded and, uh, and you can help each other to... Uh, you know, push and uh, create uh, uh, empowerment of people's dreams, you know. You know, that's what great leadership is about. Uh, a great leader recognizes how to bring the best out of people, um, how to allow people to be different yeah. without chastising, but also their differences make them stronger. Yeah. Right? That's a, that's a, the sign of a great leader. In our last couple of minutes here, I want to learn about GASP 
of power. Where did GASP come into play? Because you came over with better bodies, right? I, I came over with better bodies and GASP. Okay. But uh, but the story, you know, uh, better bodies we took over some uh, thirty three years ago. Which I remember the original better bodies. Yeah, yeah. and and that's forty year old uh, mm -hmm. brand. I remember. Yeah. yeah. But uh, when we took over Better Bodies to the, uh, to the Nordics, uh, uh, Nordics is a little bit too small of a market uh, to stay put. So we became a little bit uh, uh, more commercial fitness mm -hmm. in a broader sense, and uh, we felt like we need to bring something uh, back to the to our core community, which was more like the hardcore bodybuilding sense mm -hmm, right. and empowerment, and and that's how we gave birth to to Gasp. And that's been an important uh, um, um, symbol for for us when it comes to being totally uh, judgment free. Yeah. Let me ask you this: uh, uh, It's funny as as I am now uh, following you, all of the gasp commercials pop up on my social media feed. Yeah. It's, it's great, and you can see these big guys wearing the gasp. Uh, so if you're a big guy out there, you need to go locate. You need to go gaspofficial.com because you'll find some great. Uh, sports were there. But in our last minute, give me a quick review recap of the Olympia this past year. Big Rammy won. Yeah, right? yeah. And uh, and we had uh, 24 athletes uh, qualified competing at this uh, biggest Super Bowl of the year for the bodybuilding and fitness industry. And uh, um, second guy was Derek Lundsford mm -hmm. uh, and he's uh, part of our family. And uh, it was super awesome to see him uh, being uh, up on the um, almost a highest step up there, so so we we have a uh, we're super happy for him, you know. Twenty four represented. Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a record in the, in the industry. That's huge. Yeah, that's huge. Well, listen, you're doing fantastic things, MJ. Uh, I appreciate our newfound friendship. I'm so happy yeah. that I went to that meetup group, and you're going to continue <laughs> to see me there. I'm glad to have you. Yeah, brother, I appreciate you. And guys, you can check out Michael Johnson. You can check out and we call MJ, right? Yeah. We can call MJ. You can go to gaspofficial.com. You can also, if you're in Dallas, come on down to the gym, Destination Dallas and Allen. And what's another great way to stay in touch with you, MJ? Yeah, I mean, you can always uh, hit me up on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I keep, uh, I, I answer all the DMs. I, I do everything uh, like and I'm staying close with the family. Uh, we have, uh, you know, just uh, quickly around, uh, you know, 13,000 ambassadors around the world. Wow. And, and uh, 220 pro athletes that we are helping to reach their dreams and goals. Wow. So I'm, 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 I'm here for everyone. So, yeah, just hit me up and I'll, I'll help you. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, MJ, we appreciate being here on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Looking forward to having you again. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. For 15 years, Rich Result has helped companies build dynamic and diverse teams with custom talent searches, providing experienced candidates to fill the critical roles that growing organizations and nonprofits need to thrive. Why choose them? Well, for one, 95% fill rate, and they provide a behavioral assessment for candidates. To learn more about Rich Results, Track them down at richresults.com. That's R-I-S-C-H results.com. Friends, this is Jay Mamie, and I'm thrilled to announce that our merchandise site is now open for business just in time for the holidays. My inspirational quotes, encouragement words, and thought-provoking phrases can be printed on a number of very cool items to help you stay in thriving mode. Make sure to visit my website, thejmamie.com. Look for the store link. Check out the items. Once again, that'll be at thejmamie.com. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I'm excited to have our next guest begin to share the impact that they're making as we're continuing this narrative of women empowering women. We started this, this narrative in our first program uh, last Sunday. And again, those of you who have not had a chance to hear the prior episode, you can go to the jmamietalkshow.com, pick up the episode there, or anywhere that you hear uh, your favorite podcast, you'll find the episode. But one of the reasons why our next guest is such a, such a fascinating person, not only is she the president and CEO of Women Business Council Southwest, 
But Bliss Coulter is someone who is a champion. She really is a champion, and she is a promoter of the cause of women, empowering women in business. So as a result of that, we have her on the show today. There's an announcement she's going to make on an upcoming gala that's happening here in Dallas. But Bliss Coulter, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Thank you so very much for having me, Jay. I'm very excited to be here. But before we dive into all the goodness that you are doing for women in business, women who own businesses for the council, I'd like for our audience to learn a little bit more about you, your little bit of your history, and, and what led you up to this point that you are uh, the, the director of this amazing organization. Absolutely. Well, you know, kind of like you had said, I am a, a champion for women in business. It's It's been a passion of mine for as long as I can remember. Um, and I started my career in that, helping women. Uh, I started helping with women and children, um, the economic stability, uh, then moved into helping women in the workforce, um, helping them get those uh, tangible skills to either enter the workforce, um, and then now with the Women's Business Council, helping them elevate their business, helping them to uh, recognize opportunities, connect them to opportunities, give them educational opportunities. So I've just really spent my entire career in helping women in business and helping people succeed in life. And it's just something I'm very, very passionate about. So um, being the president of WBCS, is, it's just a, it really is it's just a blessing. And um, I don't feel like I work a day in my life because I get mm -hmm. to help every single day. You know, it's interesting is that when you love what you do, as you said, you don't really feel like you're working at all. Uh, and that's because you're pursuing your passion. And one of the messages and, and really underlying themes of this show is that when you pursue your passion, uh, you don't ever feel like you are working. You feel like you are just enacting your calling. And, I, and that's the sense I get from you, Bliss, that this is really your calling. And, and clearly, the women that are part of your organization, this organization, feel the same way about you. But let's get up our speakers, uh, our audience, rather, up to speed on this incredible council, a little bit of the history, uh, some of the initiatives, and then we're going to go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So interesting, the, the history of WBCS. So in 1995, just to give you a recap, a brief overview, a small group of uh, women business owners came together with 17 uh, corporations that were here in DFW, and they formed what we were then called the, the North Texas Women's Business Council. And so that was formed mm -hmm. to certify women businesses, you know, who are 51% owned or operated or controlled by a woman. Um, so that's kind of kind of how we got started. But then two years later into it, in 1997, uh, we founded the National Office, which is the Women's Business Enterprise National Council, uh, what a lot of people just uh, call WeBank. So that mm -hmm. was founded, established that common certification standard to hold our standards. Um, and so our national office is now in Washington, D.C. And here we are uh, at, at the Women's Business Council 28 years later, growing strong and have a a foothold and have certified women business owners all over the United States. Uh, right now, probably 16,000 and growing. What do you find, uh, Bliss, with women that are business owners, whether they're seasoned or whether they're brand new, getting involved as a business owner? And, and I, I, I know the statistics. Uh, COVID launched, as a result of COVID, rather, a, a number of, of women became entrepreneurs for the very first time, joining this rank of women-owned business. What do you find, though, is the biggest struggle or the stumbling block, not only for those who are seasoned as owners of businesses, but women that are just getting started? Can you share that, your observations, to, to, to really clarify for those who may be struggling with something that's similar, how to get past that point? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you are exactly correct. You know, we saw a lot of new businesses, entrepreneurs um, come to the surface after COVID, um, you know, because of all the reasons that we know and we've heard of. Some challenges that exist for women in businesses, you know, still today, especially those in the entrepreneurship or just starting in that one to three year, is that access to capital. And so mm. we are very to that, and we know that that is uh, one of the challenges, and so we have great, great partners um, that we um, help our women business owners connect with, so that's not going to be an, an obstacle for them, but that is one that a lot of people do share. You know, and the, the same thing with the just the, the internal piece, the, the fear of failure, um, but, you know, as we know, you know, confidence is an essential part of prosperity and growth. 
Um, so um, I think that is a big one. You know, can I do it? Am I going to do it? Trusting in yourself, you know, that that's a, an internal challenge as well. But um, talking more about kind of the external challenges, you know, we have seen some wonderful moves with our corporate partners that um, they're increasing their spend with diverse suppliers, specifically women in business. But there is still room to grow in, in that, and that is still a challenge today. Um, more corporations are they're starting to understand supplier diversity. Um, that when we have many in our network that do 10, 20, and even 30% of their spend with diverse suppliers, um, but that is still a challenge. And I think my call to action for um, anybody in, in uh, corporate America right now is that you know to increase your spend um, because we know that um, supplier diversity is a business imperative in, in this day and mm-hmm. age. Um, but giving them that seat at the table. And, of course, you know, we're always fighting, and we've made some great strides, but we're still fighting that gender um, inequities. So whether that's in our laws, our cultures, uh, policies, it's still lagging behind when it comes to equality for women. And so, um, you know, women are still working their way up. Uh, we're, we're, we have a lot of great policies in place that are, are helping with that, but I think there's still room to grow, and that is that is still a challenge. Um, and then, you know, the, it, just the support system. If you're an entrepreneur and you're starting out, you know, you're trying to figure everything out for yourself. That's, so that's right. What I, that's right. Yeah. That's what I love about the Women's Business Council is we, we you have a built-in support system. We have women who are always wanting to help each other. That is almost kind of, I would say, our secret sauce to WBCS is that, you know, our tagline pretty much is lift as mm-hmm. you climb. We, we have women in our network that are they want to help others. They have been there. They want to share their experiences and their journey, and they also want to help you succeed as much as someone else before them helped them succeed. So still challenges, but, you know, I'm not going to paint a, a, a gloomy lens because there, for every challenge there is a great opportunity. And, you know, being part of this network brings so many of those pieces together to help with those challenges that, that are, you know, currently existing today. You, know, you, you you said so much, Bliss, that I want to piecemeal a little bit of it because every area of a challenge that you spoke of that a business encounters, it's universal, whether it's male or female. But as a female, as a women-owned business, it's a little bit more difficult because of obviously inequality and, and just uh, you know the, the history that, that's apparent in terms of uh, the leveraging going towards a male-owned business, right? What resources because uh, you mentioned that, that you have resources through the organization. Uh, what resources, and, and just you can give me up, I know there's a ton of them, but what are some of the main resources that a woman can count on accessing as a member of uh, the council to help them raise capital? Absolutely. So we have many different partners that once you're um, in our network that we can refer you to. So we like to, internally, the resources that WBCS has, I'll talk about those um, and then talk about kind of the, the external, but the, the internal resources that we provide to women who come into our network who get certified. We have our, you know, capacity building programs, our mentor and outreach programs, and our procurement uh, events and programs. So that it ranges anywhere from, you know, we have table topics, uh, what others may call like a lunch and learn. So that's where we bring in those subject matter experts in their respective fields to say, hey, I need help with accounting or I, you know, need some expertise in social media or whatever that case may be. We have so many different women in our network that are willing to share their um, knowledge with others that we have these um, educational opportunities all the time throughout the month. Uh, We also have the networking opportunities. And so, you know, we know people want to do business with people they know. And so this isn't your whole, you know, wine and cheese get together, uh, you know, no offense to that. But this is women who are coming to these networking events who want to meet other women, who want to do business, to expand their network together. Um, So we create these opportunities for those women to get together that all have the like minds. Uh, They want to find someone who is going through the same things they're going through or perhaps on the other side who are now successful to kind of lend, you know, bend their ear and ask them different questions. Uh, WBCS also has recognition events, which I know we'll talk about here in in a little bit, but those are great opportunities for our women business owners and our corporations to spotlight, 
their business, um, what they have done, how they support others. It's voted on by your peers. So I think those recognition events are equally as important, you know, as our educational events. But then also, too, um, to kind of get down to it a little bit more, once you're a member of WBCS, you have access to our member center. And so what that includes is our membership directory. Imagine it as an electronic Rolodex, if you will. So you, so everyone who is certified through WBCS has access to this and are in that directory. So if you are in a need for whatever it may be, whether you are expanding your business and you need someone uh, to lay the concrete, uh, you need someone to do your accounting, you need, you name it, um, you can look up in that directory, and that goes to that piece of acting intentionally, you know, do business with those who do business with you. And you can't imagine the impact that that has, uh, the referrals that that brings, the trust that that brings. So we have that member uh, directory. Um, and it, we also have a bid center. And so that's where our corporate members or our WBEs, government entities, public entities can put out um, RFPs or different bids that are coming up that our members have access to to see what, what jobs are coming up, what bids um, do they want to, to go for or partner with another WBE. So um, there's, a, there's a, a slew of different ways that we can either connect you, do, I mean, we every single day what we do is try to help women business grow, whether that is access to capital with one of our partners, whether that is you need a business plan, we have a different partner for that. Uh, we... Um, we don't like to dilute what we do. We what we what we do. We do it very well, and we have phenomenal partners that we work with that we can refer out uh, depending on what your need is. Because we know every every woman business owner has different needs. There are common themes uh, that each of them have and need, and obviously we do different educational opportunities that address those those kind of blanketed needs. But you know each person's business is is very specific, and so those needs are specific. So we need to have kind of a repertoire of different services within ourselves and, and those that we refer to so we can help them. Yeah, there's a, there's no shortage of resources, as you're sharing with me, that I know a woman can take advantage of as a member of the group. And one of them are events. Now, you have a major event coming up now in Dallas. Uh, it's a gala. It's an annual gala. I'd like for you to share a little bit more about that and the significance of that event, and hopefully we can get some uh, more women who are listeners of this show that are local to attend. So while you're on it, uh, while you're on the show here, let's capitalize on sharing this upcoming event now in a couple of weeks here in Dallas. As many details as you know about that as well in our final two minutes. Absolutely. Thank you so much for allowing us to share this opportunity. Yes, we have our annual gala coming up. It's called the Parade of Stars. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, this yes, this is a a recognition event. This is where we highlight our you know WBE rising stars, our advocate of the year, our corporate advocate, buyer of the year, uh, WBE of the year, and corporate of the year. So th we have a lot of different awards and recognition because those folks work so hard all year long, and they mm -hmm. they deserve. So it's, it's an evening of celebration um, for those who have gone above and beyond that call. Um, so it is January 20th. It's coming up. It's at 6 o'clock. Uh, it'll be at the Sheridan Hotel in Dallas. Uh, tickets are 150 for a member or 175 for a non-member. Um, our last day to register is January 13th, so that's next Friday. So it, it is coming up. It is an event you don't want to miss. Well, Bliss Coulter, it's been an awesome experience having you on the show today. You're the president and CEO of a fantastic organization, Women's Business Council, South Southwest. We will have you again in the future as we get closer to the April 4th event to have you back on to continue to share the initiative and the message of this great organization. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so very much, Jay. I appreciate it. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. About to have a fantastic conversation 
with someone who is a big believer in women empowering other women. And Jolene Risch has not only been an integral part in helping women-owned companies find the right talent, but she's also been integral in helping them keep the talent, not just finding the talent. So today in the studio, we have the founder and CEO of Risch Results. She's helping organizations find experienced talent with custom talent searches, and she does it every single time. CEO and founder and president, Jolene Risch. Welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Thank you, Jay. Hey, you know, it's always fun to have people in the studio. Yeah. And you and I had a chance to meet not too long ago. And it was interesting because the minute I saw you, I said, you know, you have a, dob- uh, what do you call it, a, a doppelganger, right? They say <laughs> when there's someone who walks around looks like you. And, oh, no, doppelganger. That's a doppelganger. That's the one. And, uh, and I want well, to tell you what, it, we hit it off immediately. I'm very familiar with your firm, and I thought that it would be great to have you on the program because we're we're really sticking to a narrative here where not only women-owned companies uh, can help other women who have their own companies as well, but it's about sharing knowledge and wisdom that can empower everyone. In this case, we're focusing on empowering women, but although I know that your company helps empower every single person, whether it's male or female. But before we dive into all the goodness of what you do, I'd like for our listeners to learn a little bit more about your story. And if you could help us out with that, it would be great. All right. So my story. Um, So I've always had an interest in group process, how people work together, how Mm -hmm. people live together, how people are in groups, right? I mean, back in high school, that was an interest of mine. And in college, I majored in sociology and um, after traveling a little bit and working abroad, um, then I got a master's in organizational behavior and have basically been in the people industry for the last 25 years. I started in consulting mm-hmm. um, and now for the last 15 or so years have been in recruiting. But our focus isn't just sending people the candidates. It's who are the right people for your company so people can work well together Mm because that's what it's about. I mean, when people spend so much time in the workplace, you want to have groups, you want to have teams, you want to have an organization where people share values, people fit into the culture, but not in terms of I'm only going to hire the people that are just like me, Mm -hmm. but more in terms of, you know, what are, who are the kind of people that are going to add something to my company because we share values. So you, you were working as an employee elsewhere, mm-hmm. right? Then all of a sudden you decided, you know, I could probably do a good enough job or better job, or maybe I just want to take an initiative in a different direction. And you launched your company, Rish Results, right? Yeah. And that one sentence took about, you know, 10 years or so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's all right. You did it, right? You had the initiative and you did it. So ultimately then what inspired you to launch your own firm um, and, and be as successful as you are today? It started because my second son, who is now, I have three sons, Mm -hmm. uh, 24, 21, and 18. And my second son was um, about three years old, and I was working working at ENY, consulting firm. And I realized that I I wanted a bit more flexibility. So that's Mm -hmm. basically how it started. What I thought I was going to do was help people with group process and their teams, performance management, team building. But- This was right around 2005, 2006. We were about to have a recession. Mm -hmm. And the kind of requests I was getting was, it's not really about group process. I need to find the right people. So there were a lot of people available, right? Because this was a recession. There were a lot of people out of work. Mm -hmm. But people were applying to jobs they weren't qualified for. So organizations would say, but help me find the right people. I don't want to go through a hundred resumes. I want to find the right people. And so it was really about how do we help organizations build the right kind of team that's going to help them grow? Well, here we are in 2023 and it's almost, almost like the same thing is happening again, right? Very different kind of, mm -hmm. there's, it's recession in some ways, economically, um, high prices, but the labor market is still very, it's the labor market over the past two, three years has gone through so many changes. Um, and so it's kind of like a, a different kind of recession. We're seeing a different impact on the recession. Well, what kind of, let's talk about that because for 2023, you've got companies that are revamping. 
uh, whether they're women-owned or not. They're looking to uh, do better than they did last year. They're looking to restructure. What should a company be focusing on, considering some of the some of the things you've just mentioned, um, to know, in order to position themselves for greater success in that hiring of the right people? Yeah, that's a great question. So here's what people are looking for. People are looking for, and whether they're actively looking or not, they could just be sitting in their desk and, you know, working away, but they get a call from somebody. And what people want to know about is, number one, what does the company believe in? What are their values, right? Do I share those values? Number two, they want to understand, well, what kind of flexibility is that? Is there at this company? And flexibility means something different to every single person. For someone in construction, it's going to mean something different than somebody who's in legal, right? Mm-hmm. But flexibility. The other part is is compensation. So we've been seeing how pay has been, um, people, companies have had to give higher salaries to keep people. But there's a lot of different ways companies are doing it. I just read an article um, in the Wall Street Journal that talked about how companies were giving employees options. Well, do you want this kind of base and this kind of variable? Or do you want, you know, a lower base and a higher variable? They're giving people options. So they have more control over their life. But the last thing that people are looking for, that every single company, whether big or small, has the the power to do something is people want a company that cares about their development, that mm. cares about where they're going, mm-hmm. right? Not just where the company's going, but where the people are going. I mean, one of my goals is always, I have a very small company. There's seven people, but I want to know that those seven people are getting something out of it, right? That they can also, you know, grow as a human being and grow as a professional. So, you know, I think that's important for people also. So if companies could focus on some of those things, it's going to help with retention and engagement. So we'd have, look, I'm all about helping companies hire, but I will say this, it'll be a lot easier to hire and a lot easier to keep people right. if there's a focus on retention and engagement. That's right. So let's let's hit the pause button a little bit on that because if this is one of the areas where a company should be considering adding a program or adding an area that is going to help their employees have a better experience beyond just, you know, job performance, specifically in what you've been exposed to and what you've observed, what is it that these employees are looking to experience apart from just good job performance that employers should pay attention to? Okay, well, first of all, I think it starts in the onboarding process, which um, a lot of companies, especially small, mid-sized companies, don't really focus on onboarding. So once a, a person is hired and they come on day one, onboarding is not just here's your computer mm-hmm. and here's your desk and here's you know your cell phone. It's, it's, it should be a 30, 60, 90-day process and beyond to get to know the candidate, the now the employee, right? So you've gotten to know them as a candidate. You've made the decision and they've made a decision to work with you, mm-hmm. right? And now it's really a matter of, okay, let's make sure that there's enough communication so we know how things are going. We know what they're thinking about. We know that they feel comfortable communicating. So I think starting with a really good, solid onboarding process is key. Um, we love to, um, first of all, we always ask companies, do you have some kind of onboarding process? Because that's really important. And we partner with several HR consultants who will help companies with that. We don't specifically do it, but we partner with the companies because we know it's so important that our clients have a solid onboarding process to get to know their candidate. You know, I've heard a lot about that on this show. We've had a number of people who have talked about how onboarding yeah. is often overlooked. Yeah. And it becomes sort of that uh, that that crack in the system that mm-hmm. people fall through eventually. And uh, I, I, I would hope that those that are listening would pay attention to the fact, if they own a company, that those small little, what might seem minor aspects of, of good retention of talent yeah. becomes uh, the reason why people leave. You know, yeah. it's, it's just not, it's, it's poor initial... Um, it's getting people set up the right way when they, when they yeah. first get there. But let me ask you this, two things, relocation and you're nodding your head, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's a big factor in attracting talent, the ability mm-hmm. for a company to, uh, help that person relocate. Right. Often. Yeah. And then the second thing is working from home. How important is that? I mean, obviously that was 
uh, you know, the go-to during COVID. I know many companies are asking their, their employees to come back. But is that something that's now becoming a part of that flexible policy to bring in and retain good talent? Okay, so first on the relocation, I will tell you this, that when we start a search, whether it's in Dallas or Houston or Utah or wherever it is, we always want to start with a local search, right? But we can see that unemployment is very low. So often we have to go beyond the local area. And so a company has to be willing either to look at relocation or has to be willing to look at the their you know, job description and say, okay, if I only want to look at this market and I'm not going to consider relocation, I need to change some of what I have down here. Okay. I'm not going to find X, Y, or Z. I'm going to have to look at something else. Mm-hmm. In terms of relocation, I would say that companies shouldn't be scared of it. It's not what it used to be. It's not, I mean, it's not, um, you know, typically, especially for small, mid-sized companies, nobody expects a company to you know, handle the selling of a house and, you know, $10,000 here. And, you know, often it's a signing bonus that is collected maybe at the six month point, or it's a signing bonus that will help them with the move and that they have some kind of legal contract in place so that if they leave, they'll pay it back. But there's so many ways to do relocation. So it's not such a burden for the company. And on our final minute here, working from home. So now that companies are requiring their employees to come back. Often, yes. Is Are you seeing that working from home will be sort of uh, part of that flexibility that they have to offer to bring in good talent? Or is it back to the, 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 the old, uh, you know, work from the office, you can't work from home? Where are we heading with that? Um, how about somewhere in between? Okay. <laughs> I really think that a hybrid solution is um, often, and look, it really depends on the company, what they're doing, the industry, the job. There's so many factors here. But in general, if a person has the ability to work from home, I honestly personally think that a hybrid type solution is a great solution for companies to think about, as long as they remember this, number one, to making it successful, and number one, to making almost everything we've talked about here successful, Mm -hmm. communication. Now, Jolene, I promise you, in our last minute, (laughs) how can women-owned business prepare uh, for a breakthrough year in 2023, in your opinion? Okay, number one, a mindset of learning and growth. So look for opportunities uh, for training and development of skills. Um, And number two, I think this is the most important thing, is community, whether it's a networking group. Uh, that is primarily women, whether it's a Women Business Council Southwest, which offers networking opportunities and training and so many great opportunities mm-hmm. to work, to network not only with women business owners, but also large organizations. Um, and and just in general, like meeting up with other women business leaders. I think that's the most important thing. And that's part of uh, education. Education and community. Education and community. Well, Jolene Rich, we appreciate you being on the program today. We're going to have all your information up on our website so people can track you down. But you're not hiding anywhere. People can just, (laughs) that's right. They can just uh, uh, punch in your name online and you'll pop up. Rich results also can be found on LinkedIn. Appreciate you you being on the show. Thank you. Folks, that wraps up another fantastic Sunday. We'll see you next week for the J. Mamie Talk Show. Till then, keep thriving.